Would it help if you thought last week we were not able to get uh, get in and preach on the biblical paradoxes? But um, this week I would like to spend some time back in our series. And so um, I'll just spend a small amount of time um, on the exact paradox. But this is my heart this afternoon. I believe this whole whole we're going to read from verses 23 to 32. From those nine verses, I believe all of that combined is an actual paradox. And so I'll amount my title from that. And um, But there's only one technical paradox in one verse. But I believe the whole thing in essence is a paradox, if that makes sense. Stand with me. If you could, actually you ain't got to, but you can. And uh, verse 23... Of John chapter number 12, the Bible says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. That's the paradox. It's a very clear paradox. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve him, me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto the hour, this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it, said that it thundered. Others said, an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Thank you for standing. Oh, we love you. We thank you, God, for your help. We ask you, God, to help, Lord, through the rest of this service. We pray, God, that you would have all the glory out of it all. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to find our text here. I'm going to move this so it doesn't get wet. And <coughs> we find our text here, and um, if I never make it back, here's my heart. If I never make it back to Mountain Valley, if this is the last message that I ever preach in Mountain Valley, I know I'll be here Wednesday night if the Lord allows, but if not, I'll be gone for two weeks after that to Scotland. I won't be here. And, but, but, but if this is the last message that I ever preach, uh, I would like the central part to be Christ. And so that's my heart tonight. That's my heart this evening. And, and, you know, if I never get to preach on this series again, I want it to end on Christ. That's what I want it to end on. Uh, and, you know, but this text uh, follows the, uh, the, the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ uh, into Jerusalem, and the people had exalted him, uh, and they um, they they had desired they had a desire to uh, establish establish him as king over Israel. They had all of those things right, uh, but we discover that certain Greeks were among them, uh, uh, among the people in Jerusalem, uh, coming to worship during the Passover in that time, uh, and um, they too desired. Uh, to see Jesus. Verse uh, 21, the same came therefore the, to Philip, uh, which was at Bethsaida of um, Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. 
That's what we want to see. We want to see Jesus, and that's my heart. We want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus this evening, you know. Um, I really do. I really, really do. I want to see Jesus. I, want to, I have a desire to see the things of God and what God can do uh, in this place. Uh, um, but this verse is reveal the conversation that Jesus had with the disciples uh, and the multitude that had gathered around Him uh, to hear His words. And clearly, He did not speak to them uh, as they figured that He would speak to them. Uh, he was. They were looking for a king. Uh, he was looking uh, for a cross, and so so that's the difference there. That's the difference. Uh, um, but but he didn't speak to them as they thought he would. But rather than uh, revealing a plan to establish a kingdom, uh, Jesus spoke. Uh, of a death, and he spoke of a death that would be great benefit to them and to all the rest of the world. It would be great benefit, and Calvary at this point is just a few days away. I don't know how many days, five days, at least five days away, approximately. Nope, nope, I'm wrong on that, I'm sorry. It's very close, okay? Calvary is just around the corner, and it's just about to take place, and yet the people have not understood. The purpose for Jesus coming to Jerusalem. They still had no idea what was going on. They had no idea why Jesus came to Jerusalem, and they had no idea why Jesus came to the earth. They did not understand any of that. And he had not come, but what they didn't know is that he had not come to reign as king, but to offer himself as the propitiation and the sacrifice to take away the sins of the whole world. That's why he came to this world. And through his death on the cross, life would be extended and offered to humanity. <laughs> and I want to look at this text this afternoon and preach on this thought. It's a very, I don't know if this is a word, but it's a very paradoxical thought. It's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very big thought when it comes to the side of paradox. Something that's contradiction, um, but it seems to contradict, but it has a very big truth. Uh, and so I want to preach on this thought. Life came through death. Life came through death. I want you to notice number one. Death is spoken of by Jesus. Verse 23, the Bible says, uh, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abideth long. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And so Jesus spoke very honestly. He spoke very vividly uh, in these verses concerning his coming death. (coughs) And they still do not understand that he is speaking of the cross. Uh, But Jesus reveals a great truth concerning his death. uh, And um, he he reveals what it will bring, okay? What it will bring through that. And so uh, consider these thoughts. Uh, He speaks of uh, his supremacy. His sovereignty. He, he speaks of his supremacy. Verse, verse 23, he tells us, he said, The hours come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Uh, um, Jesus well understood the purpose for his coming. He well understood the purpose for His coming and He knew uh, that the hour was coming and the hour was approaching. Uh, And as we read the Gospels and go through the Gospels many times, uh, we find occasions where the Pharisees and the religious uh, people sought to um, kill Jesus. uh, But His hour was not yet come. His hour was not yet come, and those who followed Him sought to make Him king, but it was not time for His reign to be upon the earth. 
It was not time for that. And the time for His death uh, at this point was quickly approaching. uh, And Jesus was fully aware and in control of that situation. And so I want you to think about it. We must consider that Jesus' uh, death was not an unfortunate uh, guess. Uh, It was not an unfortunate tragic event uh, that simply happened through the hatred of many. Uh, It was not just because uh, Pilate wanted to kill him uh, or, 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 or or what's his name I um I can't remember his name. I can't pronounce his name. I can spell his name. Uh, but but uh, uh, all of those kings and all those priests uh, and all the people that were following him and all the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, and all those people, it was not because of their hatred upon the Lord, uh, but this was all within the will of God. Uh, you must understand it was all within the will of God. Uh, my throat's hurting. And Jesus, when uh, Jesus' death uh, on Calvary was fulfilled just as God had It was a plan. Excuse me, y'all know where I stand on everything. But I'm preaching the Bible right now. And just as God had planned to send His Son to die as the propitiation for our sins. Hebrews chapter number 2 and verse number 9, the Bible says, But we see Jesus. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. That's what the Bible says. He speaks of his supremacy. He speaks of his sacrifice. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth all. <coughs> it abideth Jesus used a simple illustration to reveal a very big truth. Uh, He speaks of a grain of wheat. And in that grain of wheat, if that grain does not fall into the ground and germinate to produce a plant, it will abide alone and bring little benefit to everybody. However, if it is placed in the ground and it's allowed to germinate, it will produce much fruit through another stalk of wheat and through on and on and on, it will produce a good, a good amount for everybody. Okay, and so the seed, the seed sacrifices for the harvest. And so although they do not understand that and they do not understand that term, uh, Jesus speaks of his sacrifice and the sacrifice that he would soon make uh, for the benefit of humanity, for the benefit of all mankind. Uh, he had to offer himself uh, in, um, in death in order for us to have life. Uh, his death and glorious resurrection became the first fruits of uh, many to come. His death and His resurrection was the first fruits of many that would resurrect someday. He speaks of His sacrifice. Then He speaks of His salvation. He says, but if I die, if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So, 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 so while the grain of wheat, uh, and this, while, if we look, while the grain of wheat, the seed perishes uh, in, in the ground, uh, through the seed, uh, much fruit is produced through the stalk, uh, and it goes on and on and on. You know, the, you know the whole process that grows from the seed. One grain of wheat produces many grains that follow all because of one seed. All because of one seed, and that is exactly what Jesus did for us. 
Exactly what He did. He offered Himself on the cross as a ransom for our sin. And He bore our sin and our judgment and our justice and all of those things. Laying down His life and giving up the ghost. He laid it down. Nobody took it away. He laid down His life for us. And they placed His lifeless body in a borrowed tomb. He wouldn't need it long. Three days later. Three days. Three days later. He he rose triumphant over death, sin, the grave, the cross, every person, every sin that could ever be committed, and many are made alive in that. We have the hope and assurance of eternal life because of Jesus' sacrifice of sin. Because of His sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10, For it became sin, for it became Him, for whom are all things? That's what the Bible says. He's creator, right? We believe he's creator. And whom are all things? In bringing my sons under glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. He did it for you and me. All. Death is spoken of by Jesus. Secondly, I want you to notice discernment spoken of by Jesus. Verse 25, he that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it into eternal life. So, those who heard his words that day did not comprehend, understand what he said. But Jesus offers spiritual guidance in these verses, and we need to understand heed these verses and heed his words. Consider with me the paradox spoken. The paradox spoken. So, this statement appears to be a paradox, right? We've been studying all those. I believe this is the eighth message in paradoxes. And so a paradox, it's a contradiction of the truth, but it very much reveals a very big truth, right? And so it seems to contradict, but in the end, it's really a big truth. And so Jesus declares that we must lose our own life in order to live. How can I lose my life and live? Well, we must understand that he's speaking in a spiritual sense, first of all. We must, we must be willing to hate the life of sin. We must uh, be willing, literally, to die to ourselves in order to gain uh, uh, or to experience life eternal. We must, in, order, in order to gain, we must uh, lose. Simple. The old man of sin must be crucified. And die in order for us to be resurrected. And if Jesus would have never died, he would have never had to be resurrected. Remember that. If he would have never died, he would have never had to be resurrected. Same thing with you. If you never die, you'll never have to be resurrected. Mm. It's a thought. So we're, when we die, we're resurrected a new creature in Christ, right? And, and so many today are unwilling to let go of this life in order to gain eternal life. They're, they're not willing to let go of anything. We must die to self if we're to be born again. We must die to self and we must desire the righteousness of Christ more than the pleasures of the flesh. Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 23 said, And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me and take up his cross daily, and let him deny himself. And follow me. 
I'm denying himself. So, so there was a paradox book. I told you we were going to spend much time on that paradox exactly, but this whole thing's a paradox. There's life coming through death. That's, that's a paradox. I want you to notice the paradox spoken, the promise spoken. Verse 26, it says, If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Jesus knew these words would be hard to receive. They're talking about following Christ instead of the just judicial law. Instead of the just judicial system of the law. They're talking about following a man, a Christ, Christ man. God man, <laughs> literally. The incarnate Son of God. This is God that is speaking to them. And so that's what they're talking about. They're, they're, many, many would question. Many would question the benefit of dying to self. Don't make no sense. How can I die to myself? They, they would not understand the reasoning behind such a, such a, such a request or such a, a problem with that. And Jesus offers comfort and assurance through this verse, verse 26. He said, simply, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. My father will honor him. Jesus offers this to them, those who die in order to follow Jesus. And those who follow him are, are promised eternity with him. And he has gone away, but he's coming again. And that, 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 that where he may dwell. I may dwell also. So God the Father will also honor all those who follow Jesus. And this remains hard for many to receive today. But what a blessed inheritance is offered to us. You know, those, those who come to Christ in salvation. If, if we live a hundred years upon this earth, uh, life is but a vapor. And we face so much difficulty and adversity and pain. But if we die to self, uh, believing in Christ by faith, we're promised uh, an eternal inheritance Amen. with Him in heaven. Amen. And I don't know how you feel, but that is a deal. That's a good deal. And that's a good deal. That's a deal worth taking. And we can trade the sin and the sorrow of this life for eternal life and spend our eternity with Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's worth it. It will heaven will be worth it all. Yep. Death is spoken of by Jesus. Discernment. And lastly, I want you to notice with me that deliverance is spoken of by Jesus. I won't read it, but we'll go through it. And um we find Jesus' words concerning the sacrifice that he's about that he was about to make for our sin and the deliverance he would bring to all of man. And so, notice with me, he speaks of his agony. In verse 27, he says, Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. He, at the end of that verse, in layman's terms, he practically... Hey, I came because of this. And so we know Jesus was divine, that he was sovereign. We know all of that. But we have to understand here that he was human. And the cross is but days away at this point. Okay? 
The cross is but days away, and as he looked toward the suffering he would endure, he expresses his agony. He says, hey, now is my soul trouble. He well understood the sacrifice that he must make. He knew that was the purpose for his coming. He does not refuse the cross, although he could have. You say, well, how could he have? He would have had to go against the Father's will. He was sovereignty too. You understand that? But yeah, he would have had to go against the Father's will. He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But not as I will, but thine. And so here he is. His humanity dreaded the suffering and the pain and the, and the loneliness that he was going to have to experience on Calvary. And he did it all for me. He did it so we would not have to experience separation. He did it so we would not have to experience the pain of death. So we would not have to experience the suffering and the agony. That's why he did it. I'm convinced that Jesus knew exactly what he would face. Uh, he knew what he would have to endure. Uh, he, he, he would bear the sin of all humanity. He would suffer the righteous judgment of a, of a righteous and just God uh, in his body. And he would endure a season on the cross where the Father would have to turn his face away uh, and close his eyes uh, and turn his back on his own son. Uh, he, he knew it. Uh, and he would have to look away from sin uh, and his humanity dreaded all of this, and yet he willingly embraced the suffering to purchase mine and your redemption this morning. That's why he did it. Because he loved me, my Savior died. On the cross was crucified. No greater love by mortal man has ever been known. All praise his dear name. He loves me so. Now I am his. He's mine, I know. Hallelujah, friend. He dealt with agony so we wouldn't have to. Speaks of his agony. Verse 28, he says, Father, glorify thy name. It's basically the same thing Matthew said. Not my will, but thine. So basically, Father, in all things, you may have preeminence. I want your name to be glorified. He speaks of his application. Now, now, now here we discover that this is submission. This is submissive Christ. He displayed submission to the application, there's a good application here. Children also do the same of their own. Shows a raising of the Father. If you want to be like Jesus, you must be like Jesus that way too. Amen. And so, but facing the cruel, agonizing death on the cross, he wanted to ensure that the Father's name would be glorified. Rather than seeking sympathy, apathy he sought the honor of the father first words he said it's still no I must be about my father's business last words he said it is finished father's business that's what he was about 
That ought to challenge us to seek God's glory and honor in all that we do. Father reveals Christ had already glorified God many times in his life, and he would glorify him again as he submitted to the cross. He said, Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And so Christ lived a perfect life that glorified and honored God in every aspect, every area. Even in his suffering and his death, it glorified God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 10, I think it is, the Bible says that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Pleased the Lord. We went through that word pleased earlier. It pleased the Lord to bruise his own son. Why? Because he loved you and I. That's what makes him the second Adam. First Adam left his, uh, followed his love, decided that he was going to take on sin. Now, he was a perfect man. Adam was a perfect man. Adam was not born with a sin nature. I care what any other preacher. Adam was not born with a sin nature. And so he was born in the image, perfected image of God. Okay? He was born with that. Eve was born in the image of Adam. Must understand that. Doesn't mean she was flesh. She was still perfect. There was no sin. And so, yeah, that's right. They weren't born, but they were created. So they were created in the image of God. And sin came upon the earth by one man. Romans chapter 5. And so death entered by one man. And so by that, it created the Adamic nature, which all men are born now. The Adamic nature. He was born in he was not born in sin, but he chose because of his love to follow after his bride and sin. He took he, he, he took on sin because of the love for his bride. Jesus came. The Bible says in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 24, he became sin for us who knew no sin. So, he, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He, he bore our sin debt. He took on our sin because of the love for his bride. That's what makes him the second Adam. The second Adam, he bore our sin. He, he chose sin so that we would be perfect. My, my, my. Thank God, friend. Speaks of his application. He just wanted the Father to be glorified. Then in verse 31, we'll skip down. It says, The people therefore, verse 29, that stood by and heard it, said it thundered. Others said, An angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. That's a pretty easy application there. I mean, it, it, he, said, he said, Listen, this voice, uh, this voice didn't come because I wanted, uh, because, because for me, to glorify me. He said, But what's about to take place, you're going to wish you heard that voice again. Come for your sakes. Jesus says, weep not for me. Weep not for me. Those, those daughters of Jerusalem, he, said, he tells them, he says, that's, that's Luke chapter number 20, 22, 23. He says, hey, weep not for me. Weep not for me. He said, weep for your children, their sakes. He said, weep for them. Because there's a day coming. They're going to have to accept me. And, and that's not what he said. But, but he speaks of his application. And then verse 31, the Bible says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of the, this world be cast out. Thank the Lord. 
For now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Well, how in the world can the prince of this world be cast out right now? Yeah, yeah. How could he be? How could he be cast out right now? It speaks of his authority. He speaks of his authority. Now, 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 now is the judgment of this world. And now shall the prince of this world be cast out. So, 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 three days he thought he had won. Three days. That's the best victory he'd ever felt. But I bet you it was the worst he ever felt after three days. <laughs> Amen. Ever since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, sin and death had ruled the earth. Uh, Satan became the prince of the earth and humanity around under the curse. Uh, Christ came to defeat Sin, he came to defeat Satan, and he came to defeat death. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. He came to redeem fallen man and set at liberty those held captive by sin. He came for that. Uh, and we know sin brings forth death. Uh, for the wages of sin is death. Uh, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. We are all born in sin and face the curse of death because of our sin. Uh, and as Jesus offered himself uh, the atone, as the atoning sacrifice uh, and rose triumphant from the grave, he forever defeated sin. Uh, he forever defeated death. Uh, he forever defeated hell. Uh, Satan has, uh, uh, has power but he doesn't have all power. Uh, in fact, he was powerless to stop the work of Christ uh, on Calvary. Calvary in fulfilling the plan of God for redemption. Revelation uh, chapter number 1 verse 18, uh, the Bible says I am he that liveth uh, and was dead and behold I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys to hell and death. Uh, amen friend. Uh, that's God. He has authority. Authority. Speaks of his authority. Lastly I'm done. And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto myself, unto me. He speaks of his access. He speaks of his access. So, so likely the people failed to comprehend this one, I'd say. Failed to comprehend it. Why? Because they were looking at. We're looking back at. And so we're, they were looking to. We're looking at. Okay? We've seen it. It has been fulfilled. Okay? The cross has taken place. But in that time, the only thing they had was the book of Isaiah and see it took place. And so, so they had to look for a man who had telescopic vision, who could see into the future by revelation of God. They had to look into that. But we have more than that. And Jesus wasn't speaking of sitting upon an earthly throne. Jesus wasn't saying, if you give me a throne and I be lifted up. Draw all men on to myself. But being lifted up between heaven and earth on a cruel cross. He was lifted up. Amen. He was lifted up. He was lifted up on the cross. He was lifted up uh, from the grave and he was lifted up in the heaven. That's exactly how he was lifted up. He was lifted up. He spoke of his atoning death and as he offered himself upon the cross, uh, as he went through all that, he granted access to lost humanity. Yeah, man, friend. Well, he went up there and he was lifted up into heaven. Uh, and as he was lifted up uh, on the cross, and as he was lifted up, on, hey, a dead Savior never saved anybody. Um, but he was lifted up into heaven. Uh, and when he was lifted up into heaven, uh, he said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. And there he was lifted up. Uh, he put the blood on the mercy seat of Jesus. Uh, he put the blood on the mercy seat. And when he spread the blood on the mercy seat, uh, once and for all, it was taken care of. Of, uh, and it provided access. Hallelujah. Amen. Provided access. His death, 
He, uh, he granted access to us all. He provided the means of our salvation. His death uh, uh, appeased the righteous demands of, uh, of an almighty God uh, and made the way for lost sinners to be reconciled to God. Uh, there was a lot of things that took place. Uh, and clearly, Jesus spoke of His death here. But there is also a great application for us. Jesus alone provides salvation. You agree with that? He is man's only hope of forgiveness and sin and rec- of sin and reconciliation to the God to, to the Father, and we need to do all we can to lift Him up before a lost and a dying world. We must exalt Christ as Savior and Lord. We must point others to Him if there is any hope of their salvation too. We must do that. The, the Greeks declared in verse 21, The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and de- desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Amen. Sir, we would see Jesus. You know what that means? We want to see him now. We want to see him right now. And I pray may we all, may we exalt the Lord so others may see him. So others may see him. And I tried to imagine the passion with which Jesus spoke these words. Calvary was quickly approaching. Uh, and soon after having the, resur- the conversation here, he would uh, give his life on the cross. And I, I realized he did that for me. Amen. I realized he did that for me and he, he loved me enough to bear my sin and die in my place. And, and, and he did that for you as well, friend. He did that for you. His great love was proven on Calvary. If it be on anybody on the internet, on the sound of, of my voice, do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? And... Um, if you don't, you can be saved. And then, Christian, are you serving him the way that he deserves you to serve him? Are you serving him that way? Are you seeking to honor him with your life? You know, he's worthy of our service, right? And um, he's a God that can pardon. He's a God that can forgive. And he's a God that can save. So how do we receive life? We receive life through death. That's how we receive life. And so life came through death. You can stand your feet. We're done.